the story of Joseph Smith's 25th 14-year-old plural wife next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. You know, it's very amazing how many current LDS people continue to deny that Joseph Smith yep. actually practiced polygamy and had sex with so many different women, despite the fact that the LDS church has finally admitted that he did. Yep. Today, we're going to present his 25th wife, Helen Mar Kimball, as we continue presenting the stories of each of his plural wives. We want to quote from an essay from LDS.org entitled, Plural Marriage in Kirtland and Nauvoo. Most of those sealed to Joseph Smith were between 20 and 40 years of age at the time of their sealing to him. The oldest, Fanny Young, was 56 years old. The youngest was Helen Mar Kimball, daughter of Joseph's close friends, Heber C. and Violet Murray Kimball, who was sealed to Joseph several months before her 15th birthday. Marriage at such an age, inappropriate by today's standards, was legal in that era, and some women married in their mid-teens. Helen Mar Kimball spoke of her sealing to Joseph as being for eternity alone, suggesting that the relationship did not involve sexual relations. After Joseph's death, Helen remarried and became an articulate defender of him and of plural marriage. So we see that the church has admitted yeah. that he had this wife and that she was 14 years old. But they said several months before her 15th birthday, which makes funny? her 14. Why didn't they just say 14? They're just trying to tone down actually yeah. what he did. It would have been more like marrying a nine-year-old girl today, a 14-year-old in, in those days. Now, Helen Mar Kimball is probably one of the best known and one of the most talked about wives of Joseph Smith's many wives. And that's probably because of her age yeah, and the so method yeah. that Joseph Smith and her father used to coerce her into this marriage. And in the process of this coercion, Helen Mar Kimball was completely brainwashed into polygamous Mormonism and she remained brainwashed until her death. Now again, primary resources that we use for our information is In Sacred Loneliness, written by Todd Compton, and Nauvoo Polygamy, written by George D. Smith, and Mormon Polygamy, which was written by Richard Van Wagener, all excellent places for uh, our viewers to go and get mm, uh, documented information yeah. about this and Joseph Smith's polygamy. Now, LDS.org claims that Joseph Smith's marriage to Helen Mark Kimball was okay because in those days it was not unusual for a 14-year-old or for young teens to marry. Actually, it was very unusual for girls that young to get married in those days. And to add crime upon crime, Joseph Smith was nearly three times yeah. her age. She was his 25th wife. Why so many wives? And he threatened her to comply even though initially she admitted that she was sickened by his proposal. 
No LDS historian can make this garbage smell any better. Now, the U.S. Census, and we have a copy that we want to put up on the screen, the U.S. Census data shows that in the 1850s to the 1880s, the average age of married for a female was 23 years old. Wow. Uh, it wasn't normal for a 14-year-old to be married, so obviously it happened, but it was rare. Now, although Helen stated that she was deceived into marrying Joseph Smith, she later became one of the most loyal and faithful, fanatical supporters of Mormon polygamy. She often sat in judgment against those who complained about or abandoned the practice. So let's begin her story. Helen was the daughter of Heber C. Kimball and his wife, Valate. She was born in 1828. She was the third child in a family of nine children. And although other female baby, babies were born in the family, Helen was the only daughter that survived. Oh. And then, of course, in those days, a lot of babies did die in their yeah. infancy. Yeah. In early 1832, Heber Kimball and his wife were baptized into Mormonism. They sold their property. And, you know, this happened with so many of the yeah. converts in those days. Uh, they sold their property in the fall of 1833 and moved to Ohio. Now, Heber would frequently travel with Joseph Smith, and they eventually became a very important Mormon family. We quote from page 489. Yes, of Todd Compton's book. Of, on February 18, 1835, Heber was called to be an apostle. The apostleship was not originally a central position of church government. The office soon grew in importance, and in 10 years, Heber would be the second most prominent church leader. The Kimballs thus became a general authority family. And the Kimball name has been very Mormon ever, ever since. In September of 1839, Heber was sent on another mission and to England this time, and his family was extremely upset that he had to leave them again. Uh, during that time, there was severe poverty and illness, especially malaria going around, and her mother became very discouraged, and she just wanted to move back east where they had come from. And of course, <laughs> that would mean that uh, her husband had to give up his apostleship. No. We read from page 493. You're pronouncing it Valate? Valate. I believe that's how okay. you pronounce it. Valate must have realized this, but still wanted to leave is surely an indication of the degree of hardship she was facing. Possibly she had seen her children dying in Nauvoo and was worried about malaria. And of course that was a big concern. And then with her husband being yeah. gone and so many children and poverty, it was, it was hard. And even though life was very hard in those times, the Mormon faith itself made life even more <laughs> difficult yeah. because the husband was often forced to leave his family in the middle of strife and illness and, and troubling poverty. And for long periods of time, the families and the children, of course, suffered most when their fathers were called away on missions and sometimes Smith would marry the man's <laughs> wife while he was gone on a mission. Uh, on March 22nd in 1842, Helen, who was then 13 years old, attended a birthday party for her very good friend, Sarah Ann Whitney, who had turned 17. Mm -hmm. A little bit more about Sarah um, a little bit later. Now, uh, Sarah's older brother, his name was Horace, and she, he and Kimball kind of later became sweethearts, but Joseph Smith got in the way of anything developing uh, between them, at least temporarily. Uh, Joseph Smith's theology was, theology was constantly changing. In 1842, he developed an endowment drama and ritual 
which included a doctrine of exaltation, meaning that men can become gods. Yeah. He also invented the idea of eternal marriage and eternal sealing of families, and of course, the practice of polygamy. Now, the word sealed soon became synonymous with marriage. Yeah. Um, of course, that's only in the Mormon religion. That isn't in real life. But we do have a quote we want to share. Heber, one of Smith's most devoted disciples, was one of the first to receive these revelations, though plural marriage would try him almost beyond endurance. It was an even more bitter test for Villate. Because of it, wrote Helen, her mother's trials, which she had flattered herself were nearly over, had scarcely begun. Yeah, for sure. Now, Joseph Smith often proposed secret plural marriage to women who were already married and living with their legal husbands. In fact, Joseph Smith took 11 married women as plural wives this way. And Joseph Smith approached Heber C. Kimball one day and demanded that Kimball give his wife to him. He claimed that God had said Joseph Smith was to take her for himself. Mm, Another quote. quote from page 495. It was no less than a requirement for him to surrender his wife, his beloved Valate, and give her to Joseph in marriage. Heber naturally was paralyzed and initially unbelieving. Yet Joseph was solemnly in earnest. Heber's first impulse was to turn down the requirement with no further discussion. At that time, he doubted Joseph's motives and the divinity of the revelation. Well, it's too bad he didn't keep on doubting him, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Things sure would have been different. His mental agony lasted for three days, and finally he asked to choose. He was asked to choose between his loyalty to Mormonism and his love for his wife. And it was too bad that Mormonism yeah. and Joseph Smith won. Heber presented his wife to Joseph Smith, and then Smith, it is said, wept with tears of joy at this proof of Heber's devotion. He told Heber that that was all. All that was necessary. It had just been a test. He did not have to give up his wife to him. But Smith had said, God said to do this, right? Yeah, that's right. So he lied about God. So Another thing, what do they think they're doing passing around a woman, a man's wife, as though she was a sack of corn? The, the Bible says when a man gets married, he is supposed to cling to his wife, not give her up on the demand of, of some man. false prophet. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not unusual for a false prophet to demand something very difficult from a loyal follower just to find out how much he can get by with. Yeah. Many polygamy, polygamy group leaders have done that. Warren Jeffs frequently gave tests of loyalty. And frequently, it involved a man and his wife and families, wow. just like that. Now, the next test that Smith was going to give Heber was almost as difficult as the first one. He proceeded to teach him the principle of plural marriage. <laughs> Another quote. At first, Heber thought of marrying two elderly sisters, the sisters Pitkin, who would cause Valate little, if any, unhappiness. I don't know if they were ugly or not. I don't know what the <laughs> don't know. unhappiness was. But Smith had already selected Heber's first plural wife, Sarah Peak Noon. Heber reluctantly agreed. And finally, to add to the trial, Joseph commanded Heber to keep the plural marriage secret, even from Valate, for fear that she would not receive the principle. 
Well, the first problem here is secrecy has no place in God's kingdom. Secondly, <clears throat> notice it was Joseph Smith who picked Heber's wife for his second wife for him. And third, this proves that it's a myth that the first wife in a plural marriage can be considered when choosing another wife. This was an even greater test for Heber because now he was faced with deceiving his kind and faithful wife whom he loved, and he felt that this was more than he was able to bear. Evidently, Smith had to remind Heber three times that obedience was required. He told him that if he did not do this, he would lose his apostleship and be damned. Gee. Now this, he should have turned and walked away at that <laughs> point too. Now those who claim again that polygamy was never required in early Mormonism are wrong. They need to read their history. It wasn't a choice. It was a command. Joseph Smith taught that polygamy was a requirement and that to reject it was to lose your eternal soul. That teaching is one very specific reason, one of many, that Mormonism is a fraud, both then and now. Yeah, another quote from page 496 of In Sacred Loneliness. Once one had accepted him as a prophet, one had to comply or accept damnation. Heber thus was hesitant and deeply troubled, but nevertheless married Sarah Peak Noon in early 1842 without telling Belate. However, this caused him to display anxious and haggard looks. He was sick, could not sleep, would wring his hands and weep like a child, and Valate was mystified with his behavior. I with guess. his behavior, which was evidently odd for him. Now, of course, no one in their right mind can truly believe that this sort of thing is commanded by God. How, uh -huh. how can they believe God would do this to a marriage. As frequently happened in those situations, uh, Kimball asked God to reveal the principle of plural marriage to his wife, and soon after, she is said to have her own divine revelation that plural marriage was um, <laughs> heavenly principle. Now, the thing here, and I know this is true in Mormonism, both the church and polygamy group, that we ask God, or they're told to ask God that this is true. Right. Ask God that plural marriage is true. Ask God the Book of Mormon is true. Ask God that this is true. Well, we can't ask God that something's true if it's not true, because God's not going to lie to you. <laughs> and so if, if they ask him to say it's true, they're going to get a false sense yeah. when they say, oh, God told me it was true, because he didn't, because God won't lie to us. The Kimballs had passed two of Joseph Smith's tests of loyalty and faithfulness. Uh, the third was yet to come. It was Joseph Smith's uh, marriage proposal to his 14-year-old daughter, Helen. Now, I wonder if this was his focus all the time, and he was just getting, uh, preparing sure he like Heber into the shock of yeah. taking his 14-year-old daughter. Now, he had married young girls before, 16-year-old 16 16-year-old girl, but he hadn't married a 14-year-old yet. Helen was not a woman uh, when she was converted to polygamy. She was just an adolescent when all of this happened. Yeah, and polygamy uh, entered her life, um, her own personal life, when her father asked her a question in early summer of 1843. Uh, Helen herself told the story of her marriage to Joseph Smith, so we do have a first-hand account of it. We quote part of it. Yeah, without any preliminaries, my father asked me if I would believe him if he told me that it was right for married men to take other wives. The first impulse was anger. My sensibilities were painfully touched. I felt such a sense of personal injury and displeasure. For to mention such a thing to me, I thought altogether unworthy of my father. And as quick as he spoke, I replied to him short and emphatically, no, I wouldn't. 
This was the last time that I ever openly manifested anger towards him. And that was the first time that she yeah. ever openly manifested right. anger towards him. It shocked her. Yeah. And it shocked a lot of people when they first heard about this possible uh, sharing of wives, one, one man, several wives. And of course it should. You know, that is a shocking thing to think about, especially yeah. that you had to do it to go to heaven. So at this point, Heber responded by teaching her. He had asked her the question. She was shocked, and now he begins to teach her the principle of plural marriage, just as Joseph Smith had taught it to him. Well, he used the example of Abraham and Jacob's polygamy, bad examples, but that's what they used, telling her that polygamy must be restored in this final dispensation, just like all biblical institutions had to be restored. Well, that's a lie from the get-go, but that's a (laughs) totally different show. But now Helen listened to her father, but she was completely shocked. She said it was similar to the shock of a small earthquake. But it shook her world, you know, and I can imagine. But then she also discovered that Joseph Smith had taken her good friend, Sarah and Whitney, Mm -hmm. as a plural wife. And Sarah was married to another man at the same time. And Helen learned this. So she's getting earthquake after earthquake in her little world. Helen said this. Yeah. This astonished me beyond measure. However, before introducing Helen to the subject of her possible marriage to Smith, Heber had apparently already offered her to the prophet. Now that should make you gasp, right? Uh, First, they're giving away Heber's wife back and forth, you know, to Smith. Oh, you've got to give her to me. Okay, I give her to you like she's a bag of corn. And now we find that Heber had already offered his daughter to the prophet prophet, without her knowing it, without anybody. It's just the two of them. And again, we have proof that these early polygamous men, just like the polygamists today, just gave away their daughters to other men without any consideration or discussion with the bride-to-be. It was at that point that Heber asked Helen if she would become Joseph Smith's plural wife. Now, this poor girl had received shock after shock, and now she's pushed into an adulterous relationship with her prophet. Mm -hmm. She trusted her father implicitly, as young girls should be able to do, but unfortunately, trusting this father was a very dangerous thing for this daughter. She described her emotional distress during that time, and we quote, He left me to reflect upon it for the next 24 hours. I was skeptical, one minute believed, then doubted. I knew that he loved me too well to teach me anything that was not strictly pure, virtuous, and exalting in its tendencies, and no one else could have influenced me at the time or brought me to accept of a doctrine so utterly repugnant and so contrary to all of our former ideas and traditions. And, and that's where she should have stayed. You know, it was repugnant, and it is repugnant. Even still today, it's repugnant. And they gave her 24 hours to make up her immature 14-year-old mind, pressure and coercion by both her father and the prophet. The next day, they brought in the big guns. You know, <laughs> here comes Joseph Smith, and he comes to explain the law of celestial marriage to her and to propose to her. We quote. This is so good. <clears throat> Excuse me. After which he said to me, if you take this step, it will ensure your eternal salvation and exaltation and that of your father's household and all of your kindred. This promise was so great that I willingly gave myself to purchase so glorious a reward. 
As in the case of Sarah Whitney, Joseph gave the teenage girl daughter responsibility not only for her own salvation, but for that of her whole family. Isn't that awful? <laughs> that, that's selling salvation, and no one can do that. And of course, Helen's mother was none too pleased with this illegal proposal of marriage. In fact, Valate calls it suffering, <laughs> a thorny path, certain misery, but said if, if she was willing uh, to go through it, she would say no more. Now, I thought Valate had already gotten uh, uh, from God that this was a heavenly institution, yeah, and now she's right. calling it suffering and a thorny path. <laughs> Something isn't connecting here. Heber had claimed that she had received that hurt the testimony, but it does that sounds more like propaganda compared with what she told her daughter. Yeah, now, Helen understood that her marriage to Smith was something that would be consummated in eternity, not in this life, but she was soon to discover the deception that it was sexual and would be consummated here. And she later explained this to a close, close friend in Nauvoo. I would never have been sealed to Joseph had I known it was anything more than ceremony. I was young and they deceived me by saying the salvation of our whole family depended on it. So here we have her words that she was deceived. Now, I'd like to remind our viewers that Jesus alone is the Savior and we cannot save anyone by our works or by polygamy, not even ourselves, certainly no one else. Right. It's nonsense like this that causes people who leave Mormon or Mormon polygamy to hate God. They throw out anything and everything that suggests a controlling religion because all they know about God is exploitation and coercion and threats and pressure and unforgiving deadlines and extremely conditional love. But that is not who God is. Well, giving Helen a deadline to agree to become his plural wife was precisely what he did to 16-year-old Lucy Walker. We did her yeah. a few weeks ago. He told her that if she didn't make up her mind within 24 hours, the door would be closed forever and she would lose her chance to enter eternal <laughs> glory. Now, they do the same thing today. Yeah, they do, do the they? same today in polygamy groups. Really? Oh, you bet they do. They, your, your salvation depends upon it. You've got to make the decision. You've got to decide the door will be closed. You, forever. For, forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, it's, it's awful. Again, polygamy was a requirement in those early Mormonism uh, days of polygamy, and it was not always a free choice, as we've already seen with Heber being able to not choose his second wife, and now his daughter, 14-year-old daughter, being coerced into polygamy. So on May 20th of 1843, 14-year-old Helen Mark Kimmel was married to Joseph Smith for time and eternity. Helen was young, and she was now restricted. Her freedom severely limited, and she was isolated from kids her own age, friends her own age, and she described the isolation that she had understood the marriage to Smith would be for eternity only, and that she would be free to marry someone else for time, but she'd been deceived. Her social activities and friendships were now restricted. She wrote about it in her diary, referring to herself as having a sickened heart, that she was like a fettered bird with a wild and longing heart. We quote what she said. In the winter, there were weekly parties at Joseph Smith's mansion house, and once Kimball, <laughs> William Kimball attended while Helen was denied permission to go. The reason, she wrote, was that my father had been warned by the prophet to keep his daughter away from there. Helen was upset and dejected at being kept home, and even felt rebellious and resentful toward her revered father. Now, William Kimball, of course, would have been her brother. 
whom he was told to watch out over her that she couldn't go out and have friends and, and go into these social activities, which of course, Again, is is something that the polygamy groups will do. They'll keep the you know keep you away from from the other, other people yeah. uh, because you know you could be influenced negatively. Sure. You know, and <laughs> and you get discouraged easily, and and who knows, you might turn around, and walk away, and they couldn't have that. They wouldn't want that. Helen didn't suffer, <clears throat> didn't have to suffer very long this way because just a year later, Joseph Smith was killed. And just a few months later, Heber, Kimball, and Brigham Young began marrying many plural wives. And by February of 1846, Heber, Kimball, had taken 35 wives. He had a total of 45. Gee. Just like Joseph Smith and Brigham Young, who claimed they hated the idea of polygamy when they first introduced to it. <laughs> but we find that their actions speak louder than their words of protest because they all embraced polygamy with a great zeal. Look how many wives they had. How selfish. It's awful. It is awful. After after Smith's death, Helen was once again able to hang out with people her own age and enjoy her social life. Uh, And before her marriage to Joseph Smith, we had mentioned earlier that she had developed a liking for Horace, who was her friend Sarah Whitney's brother, and eventually um, their romance started up again and they did get married. Helen, of course, did go west when the Mormons migrated to Salt Lake City. She became a major proponent of Mormon polygamy. In 1882, she published a 50-page pro-polygamy propaganda paper. <laughs> and part of it, we, well, we have Great a quote. alliteration there. <laughs> In 1882, she published her Plural Marriage as Taught by the Prophet Joseph, a 52 a 52-page salvo against Joseph Smith III, who was preaching that his father had never practiced polygamy. Thus Helen, who as a young girl had hated polygamy in her heart, now wrote an impassioned defense of it as an experienced plural wife. We actually got a lot of information because Joseph Smith III even came to Salt Lake, mm-hmm. didn't he? Mm-hmm. Trying to to teach that Joseph Smith, had, his father, had never had practiced polygamy. Yeah, that it was all nonsense. So to we got a lot of did. people that came forward that actually provided. In fact, a there's lot a lot of information. of information we wouldn't have today That's if it I hadn't mean. have been for yeah, that. Yeah. Because these plural wives, who I think they were very proud, I was a wife of the prophet kind right. of thing, you know, and they're going to let people know, yeah. yes, he did practice <laughs> polygamy, and I was one of them. <laughs> so, but she wanted Joseph Smith III to know that indeed uh, her father did practice polygamy. Well, Helen Kimball died on November 15th of 1896, and she had been stricken with pleurisy and also had suffered probably a stroke a few mm-hmm. weeks before her death. So that is the story. Of course, it was totally comprehensive of everything that happened in her life because we didn't have time for all that. So I had to choose some of the things that would help people understand that polygamy in the early Mormon days wasn't all sweet and butterflies like they like no, to claim to it is. No, and to coerce her into, into that, to thinking that she was trying to, or were, were save, was saving her family. Yeah, uh, all of her kindred. Yeah. It, it must have been such a, I, I just sense a, so much of a, a lustful nature with all of this. And just, yeah. you just think of that thought process that's going on all the time with these men going after these young women. Almost like conquering, look who I yeah, got, you yeah, know. Just, and it, uh, very, very and the, selfish. Very selfish. And again, we see, you know, yeah. pedophilia creeping in. Yeah. 
Thank you, Earl. You betcha. Thank you. You know, when someone tells you God requires you to do something, check it out. Why trust your eternity to someone else? For this very reason, God tells us to test everything and hold on to the good. Polygamy was never a divine revelation or a requirement, and it isn't good. Cults flourish because of biblical illiteracy. Don't be deceived. The only person who deserves our trust is Jesus. And Jesus said the works that God requires is to believe in and trust him. That's it. If the Kimballs had studied for themselves what God requires, they would never have settled for polygamy as being their ticket to heaven. But that's what the polygamists did then, and that's what they still believe. But Jesus Christ died on the cross so that those who believe would not perish, but would be saved. We urge polygamists, you don't need polygamy. All you need is Jesus. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.